Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi there, and thanks a lot for checking out the podcast. It's Friday, so Fiona Odlum will join us. We'll have some fun with her. Also, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen and Nathan Zan from Science First on Manitoba's Carbon Tax. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast, and now the podcast. It is Friday, so that means it is Friday Fun Day with Fiona. Uh, Fiona Odlum is here now. Hello. Hey, bud. How are you? I'm good. Are you trying to uh, uh, get out of doing a whole half hour? Because whenever I can get a whole half hour with you on Fridays, I like to do that. And I heard you talking to Connor off air trying to get out of it. Why? Are you tired or what's going on? (laughs) I almost fell asleep. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I got to go on Hell's show. Um, I gotta, let's start here. Why not? Uh, Fiona and I usually text back and forth and we email and Mm -hmm. what do you got? What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Fiona says, Hal, we had a fun segment on our show today about the new comic book showing Batman's bat bits. (laughs) Have you, have you ever wanted to know what they look like? Now I did see this story this week. This is in an actual comic, right? Batman has revealed his private parts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why? His Robin maker. (laughs) Why? Uh, (laughs) Well, okay. So we had a comic book expert on the show today and I asked the same question. I'm like, why? Why? And you know what? She had a really great answer and it was, hey, you know, the female characters have been over-sexualized with their heaving bosoms. Yeah. Why not turn the tables? Hmm. And so now this is the thing. You can't get these anywhere. Sold out. Boom. You're kidding. First print, gone. And now this is the thing about them. If you're going to get the second edition, the, the second printing of this, you're not going to be able to see the bits. Oh. This is going to be a shadow. Just a shadow. So did they so, do that uh, on purpose so that you had to buy the first edition? Or did they get uh, so. did they get heat and then uh, changed it in the second edition? I, I think they, they wanted to sell out the first one, obviously, uh, right? Mm. Because there's there's just so much interest. Like, of course, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, let's flip open. <laughs> let's yeah. take a look. Now, <laughs> you know, I, sort of thing, I have right? not gone online to see this. Okay. And I don't think I will. Because I really <laughs> don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> and, you know, back to your comment about the heaving bosoms and all that, you're absolutely right, right? Um, but mm-hmm. isn't this sort of two wrongs? Well, the the other wrong's not going away. The <laughs> yeah. Even bosoms are never going away. So it doesn't let's appear that. Play- uh, yeah. No. So you say even no. the playing field. Absolutely. Right. If you're gonna make us vulnerable, you're yeah. vulnerable too, Batman. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Let me tell you, it was real and it was spectacular. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I did not. And yeah, now I really don't need to go and look for myself because Fiona has described it to me. Um, well, go on my Twitter. There's oh, pictures there for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what is your Twitter handle? Put it out there. At, at Fiona Odlum, O-D-L-U-M. Yeah, I'm at Hal Anderson <laughs> if you uh, want to follow me. Uh, but follow Fiona. I guarantee you it will be more fun following Fiona than <laughs> well, uh, following me. Your, I think your Twitter is more safe for work than mine is. Well, yes, and that's kind of the way my boss wants it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, can I play you? I'm going to play the whole thing later on, but I thought this was such a cute okay. story. 
We hear about people calling 911 here in Winnipeg a while ago, a few weeks ago. It was a, a part of the election campaign. You know, how fast is 911 getting answered and, you know, all that kind of mm. stuff. I see that a mm-hmm. 10-year-old boy, I can't remember now where, oh, Colorado. A 10-year-old boy in Colorado called up 911. I want to play 15 seconds of the call, and I'll play the whole thing later on, but then we can we can <laughs> okay. have a discussion here. Here is okay. the 911 call. 911, what's the address of your emergency? Hi, yeah, this is an emergency, but I'm 10 years old and I'm working on my math homework right now, and I can't figure out what 71 divided by 3,052 is. Um, I could try to help you. He actually goes on for about two <gasps> and a half minutes and helps the kid do his math question. <laughs> I love that's that. Adorable. I think that's great. I do. Yeah, like the kid goes, <laughs> well, do. it's not love really it. an emergency, but, and then, I mean, listen, obviously, if there are calls coming in, the guy's got to right. go, listen, kid, see you later. Yeah. But he had a second, yeah. and he helped the kid. Oh, that I is thought that so was cute. sweet. Yeah. I do. You know, back in the day, Videon used to have a call-in math show. Yes, I remember you that. Phone, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And I remember I'd, I would watch it every once in a while and I'd be like, I don't know the words these people are saying. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be in advanced math. I was terrible. <laughs> That's what I learned from watching that show. I was terrible <laughs> at math. I, uh, algebra in high school was, that was my like arch nemesis. It, and uh, <laughs> Ms. Olawalia was my math teacher, and I, I know she would see me and she'd go, oh, hi, Hal. And like, oh, in other words, oh, oh hello, dummy, you know, because I was not very good at math at all. Terrible. Yeah. What kind of report cards did you get? What kind of comments did they write in there? Um, I, I didn't have ter- – I, av- I was a very average student, and I think I was uh, – I was sort of average as I came out of my shell a bit later on, like grade nine, 10, I started coming out of my shell a bit and I became kind of a fun, funny guy. And, you know, but uh, I I was okay on, uh, I was okay in class. I was, I was all right. I wasn't great, but I wasn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was decent. I was like, I was not winning any awards or anything, Mm. but like also like the comments were always like. Fiona gets easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> but then it also said Fiona needs to speak up more because she's too quiet. Come on. Oh, that look can't at be me true. Now. That can't it's be true. true. Oh, my gosh. Look at me now, Mrs. Yeah. McMaster. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. McMaster, eh? She's going, Fiona's a very good student, but she's also, she also she always has her face in a Batman comic. I can't figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> why, is always, with why is she always reading that comic? I can't figure that out. Hey, back to your math uh, show on Videon. Somebody just texted yeah. in. It was called Math with Marty. That's right. Math with Marty. That is, yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Are you a uh, House of Cards fan? Uh, I watched the first couple of seasons. And you didn't get um, into it, eh? You know what? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I do news all day long. Yeah. 
I like to separate my downtime mm. to not being too close to reality. Yeah. So I try to find like shows that are dumb mm. and like just sort of super lighthearted. I don't yeah. know. You're super into it though, right? Well, yeah, we played the new teaser that's out and it's pretty good because Kevin Spacey is gone. And so now Robin Wright, mm-hmm. who plays Claire Underwood, she's the president. He's dead. She's basically saying everything he's told you for the past five years, don't believe a word of it. I'm in charge now. One great line in the teaser uh, by Claire Underwood, played by Robin Wright. She says, the reign of middle-aged white men is over. <laughs> wow. I love it. Yes. yes. So it's, uh, it's going to be pretty it. good, I think. Yeah. Hey, did you happen to catch uh, on Global last night uh, Murphy Brown? I did not. I've got it PVR'd. Was it good? Yeah. Okay. So definitely like the timing isn't as great as it was obviously i mean like 20 some odd years have passed yeah. but there was <laughs> whether you are a hillary fan or a not or not it it does not matter there's a very funny moment in the middle where murphy brown ha- um is interviewing for new secretaries to help her launch this new show yeah. and in walks no. hillary clinton oh, you're kidding. wow <laughs> But it's so funny because, like, like Murphy's like, wait a minute, this can't be. And she goes, oh, I get it all the time, but I spell my Hillary with one L. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, here's my, and I haven't watched it yet, but here's what I was saying about this show. The timing might be perfect for it to come back, and here's why, because... With Trump in the White House, uh, I mean, that show always was very political because she plays a a reporter Mm -hmm. or a journalist or whatever. And so with everything Mm -hmm. going on now, I mean, every week she's going to have, you know, I mean, the script almost writes itself, I would imagine, you know. Now, did she come off as as a – because she's very old. Like, she's not – you know, she's no spring chicken. Did she come off like, oh, Candace, come on, you should be sitting in a rocking chair somewhere? No, actually, um, I thought I thought she did really well. There was some obvious tells that you know, as, as we all age, that mm. she there was quite a few scenes. Prim- most of the scenes were of her sitting, mm. um, not a lot of movement. Because like I, I I think she's got some pretty bad knees. I watched her on Colbert the other day. Mm. So, um, but I mean, the face, the voice, yeah. the the wit, yeah. it's all there, mm. and, and the cast is all there too, right? Yeah. It, and. And and I also love the new dynamic of her grown son and that they're on competing morning shows. And, you know, you and I are like, you did a morning show. I do a morning show. Yeah. We can relate. Right. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it hits a, a bunch of buttons for me. That's for sure. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is here, as he is every Friday at uh, 2.30, right after the 2.30 news. <laughs> and Dr. Cyrus is looking at me like, what was that all about there? <laughs> oh, that's... Elephants a, and <laughs> gestation. Every day. You're just here for half an hour on one day yeah. every Friday. We got mm. some uh, cool stuff to talk with you about. Gut feelings. I think we all have that gut mm. feeling, right? Yep. Um, here's the headline. Gut feeling may be a hardwired... Six cents. What's that all about? Well, it seems that um, some of you may know this. It's kind of an area that's maybe a bit new to me. Um, I, you know, we didn't study the gut when we were, you know, doing our program yeah. at university. Um, but in 2013, they were kind of learning more and more about how the gut influences the brain. 
and um, they were finding that the nerve endings in the lining of the stomach um, actually resemble neurons, and they've kind of learned more and more about how they say innervated, which means like how many nerves are actually coming into the gut, and um, they call it the second brain. And there's uh, even neurotransmitters, which are we think of as being in the brain only, uh, like uh, GABA and serotonin, are actually produced in the gut. Huh. So, yeah, it's it's a real thing. It's kind of scary, uh, I think, because I feel like my brain is kind of up there and it's protected, and my gut feels kind of just influenced by whatever I eat or I don't know or you know so but are they actually saying then in this uh, article in this study that they've done are they actually say so when I say gut feeling my sense is oh I don't I'm not going in there my gut's telling me not to do it my gut feeling is telling me not to go in there is that what we're talking about it is a it's a kind of a um it's both, you, you could talk about it both ways. One you could say is kind of like an intuition, yeah, right? Like right. a gut There's feeling. There's the word, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we could talk about that because that's super interesting. And the other one is that you actually have uh, kind of sensations or, um, or like it affects your mood. Huh. It, it affects your appetite and it affects you way faster than you think. Like in the past and, and a lot of like the anti, um, the appetite suppressants have focused on managing hormones because that's how we think about the gut yeah. Uh, you know, influencing our brain. You know, it shoots off a hormone, I don't know, 20 minutes later it gets to your brain yeah. and it starts to influence you. Uh, well, now they're showing that your gut can influence your brain like as quickly as a nerve, basically. Huh. And uh, so you're having like this communication back and forth. And one person said that might be why the anti... Uh, anti um, or the appetite suppressants, sorry, appetite suppressants aren't working so well because they're kind of missing the boat on how this is actually communicated. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you something. When sure. I had my gastric sleeve surgery mm-hmm. in Toronto, yep. they told me, because they take a large portion of your stomach out. Right. They said to me, we're going to take the part of your stomach that causes you to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And I said, <laughs> yeah, right. That ain't going to work. Come on. I know how I am. Right. Now, I still get hungry, <laughs> yeah. but I don't have that same, oh, I got to eat. I've yes. kind of lost that sensation. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. It, there's, And to tell you the truth, I don't think I could say anything that um, definitive about mm. this other than to say that, you know, they found, you know, uh, that they can, you know, give people probiotics yeah. um, and it influences the bacteria in your gut and that influences the nerve in your gut and then that seems to make you feel better be less emotionally reactive and things like this so i mean it's hard we can't get in there with humans and kind of cut their guts up and stuff like this and kind of take out the nerves and see what's what so in the same way that we have you know difficulty studying the brain we're going to have difficulty figuring this out too and uh it's just it's more than we think and it really does influence us and i know it from my practice i mean when we talk about anxiety and things like that, we think about uh, the gut as being one of the things that's most affected. But what we don't think about is how much our gut is usually affecting our brain. Right. And so I'm, I look forward to kind of finding out more about this as the as the field progresses, and uh, kind of. But then the other part, which which you were thinking about, is this um, kind of instinct, instinct, or intuition, intuition, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's something that's a bit different. That uh, isn't really having anything to do with your gut, although maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it does have more to do with our gut than we think. Apparently, yeah. it's a second brain. But basically what it is is um, it's all of this learning in the background uh, that we can't really think about at the moment but still influences our decision. 
And so when you think about somebody playing the piano, uh, they aren't thinking about their fingers hitting, you know, D, A, uh, and all of the different notes. Uh, in fact, they could be thinking about the audience or they could be thinking about tempo or they could mm. be thinking about how much they're enjoying playing and not really thinking about what their hands are doing at all. So how are their hands doing all of that? How are their hands moving around um, the keyboard so quickly mm. and perfectly um, if they're not actually conscious of what their hands are really doing in a sense and they're not really focusing on it at all? Well, in the same way that your brain is, is um, that person's brain is running their hands over the keyboard, your brain is doing a lot of stuff in the background that you're not really all that aware of, but still impacts potentially how you feel about something. Right. So you could see something or see somebody walk into the room and you could be like, mm-hmm. I don't like that person. Yeah. Or I like that person. Um, or I hear them say something and they're lying. Yeah. And it's like, why do you think that? I don't know. It's almost like a computer and a program running in the background. That's sort of, exactly right? it. Yeah. And, and so um, some people will say, um, you know, it's, it's some, something told them this or something. And, and uh, primarily what it is, is it's just your brain is processing so much information outside of your awareness that all of a sudden you're able to know things and you don't know how you know them, but you just know them. Mm. And, um, and as you get and a hint on this, as you get better at this, as you get older, mm. uh, you know, uh, because you're learning more about how the world works and things like this. And like, for example, I'll give you an example with fashion. So when you're looking at somebody, you don't know why that person necessarily looks good or looks sharp, um, but they just do. Yeah. You know, but then if you actually go and study fashion, you find out, oh, it's just this little thing or it's that little thing. Or you look and you see a house looks messy, but you don't really see any dust. And then you actually wipe it down. It's like, oh, maybe it was a little bit dusty. Like I didn't, your, your brain is noticing things like maybe noticing the dust or noticing those small details on the garment. And you don't even know that you're noticing them, but it still influences whether you see that person as being dressed sharp Mm -hmm. or whether you see that house as being clean or dirty. You don't know why it looks dirty. It just does. You don't know why that person looks good. They Mm -hmm. just do. And, And so it develops over time. And so that's where you kind of have to trust yourself because you can't really, I don't know why it looks dirty. I just think it does. I don't know why that person looks good. Mm -hmm. And that's, that trust um, is important because they've shown that if you like, for example, with lying, if somebody says something to you and you're supposed to evaluate if they're, they're lying or not, and you, they tell you, think about it, tell me why they're lying. So use your conscious brain and write out why they're lying and then tell me whether they're lying or not. They're less accurate than if they just look or listen to the person and decide based on their, you know, in quotations, gut. And uh, they're more accurate if they use their gut feeling, if they use their intuition, all that background processing, Mm. because it processes way more information if you use your gut because it's all the background than if you're just like doing the few details that you notice or know to look at. Yeah, that's interesting. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, you mentioned fashion. My wife is a fashionista. She's a fashion blogger. And she has that ability to know mm-hmm. that one little thing yes. makes that outfit. So for her, that's not running in the background as much as it is in the front. Yeah. And an example for me, I can go into a house. It can be a dump. And mm-hmm. I can see what it can be. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done, you know, yep. flips and mm-hmm. I've done it for many years. And you have that ability to go, yeah, this is going to look great. And my yeah. wife walks into that house and she goes, are you kidding me? Yes. What are we going to do with this? That's why, it, you know, it's great to know, like, I don't like this house, you know. Yeah. That's that's important to know. But if you can actually consciously know yeah. why you don't like the house, then you can maybe make more changes. That's mm. what I often find is with psychology. People will say, oh, psychology, it's obvious. You know, it's like I always, I, whenever a psychologist says something, I already know it. 
And it's like, yeah, you kind of know it already, but you don't know it. Mm. It's like, I know the house is um, not looking good, but do you know why? Right. And oftentimes that's the difference. It's like, I know that, you know, I know how narcissists act. That makes so much sense or something like that. But if you actually hear it explained and detailed, then you can identify it quicker. You have more control. You know when it's not a narcissist. It makes you feel more powerful and makes you more powerful in the interaction. And that's where it's helpful. Even though it seems like common sense because you kind of knew it already or your gut did. Mm. Now it's not just your gut that knows it. You kind of know it in your conscious brain as well. And it gives you more power and more control over your ability to interact with people or manage manage your feelings. I was hoping to get Nathan on yesterday, and we didn't, so I want to get him on today for sure. Nathan Zan joins us now on the phone from a group called Science First. Good afternoon, Nathan. Hi, Al. Hi, you've got an event coming up on Wednesday on the carbon tax here in Manitoba. Before we get into that, tell me a bit about your organization, Science First. Yeah, so Science First uh, is a local uh, nonprofit advocacy group. We promote um, science literacy, uh, evidence-based policies. Um, we're, we're a nonpartisan organization, and we grew out of the campaign to save the experimental lakes area, and we host um, six to eight events uh, throughout the year uh, promoting science and environmental issues uh, through the lens of evidence-based policies. And where do you guys come down on the carbon tax here in Manitoba? So we're hosting the carbon tax event because we've um, found we'd like to have a conversation about how the revenue will be spent. Um, the uh, carbon tax will generate around $250 million in its first year. And so we've put together a bunch of guest speakers uh, that would like to see if some of that money uh, can support green initiatives. Um, currently, the money is allocated for uh, tax relief. And uh, so we've got a really great lineup of folks that are posing the question and proposing some ideas that might suggest we could support things other than just uh, straight tax relief. Yeah, you do have an impressive panel. Talk about some of the members of that panel. Yeah, so it's some interesting allies. So I think people would be maybe a bit surprised, um, including uh, Harry Shaw, who's the executive director of the Manitoba Trucking Association, uh, Colin Fast from the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce, uh, among others. And they're on board to uh, propose that they think some of this carbon tax, if not all of it, could support helping the trucking industry become more green and more efficient. So we thought that was really fascinating as a group to say, hey, should we put all of this money towards PST reduction or should we listen to some of these groups um, that want to see some of this invested into climate change reducing initiatives? So for us, it was a really neat to see an unusual group of um, allies come together to have this conversation. The carbon tax is not kicked in yet here in the province of Manitoba. There's been a delay and I think you're right in the sense that nobody wants to see another tax. But if the money is going to be collected, let's see it used to try and prevent that carbon uh, footprint, right? Even more importantly, and because um, I think some people in principle just don't like the carbon tax, and I understand that. Right. But in principle, what's interesting is the uh, initiatives that are being proposed are actually good for the economy. So whether it's helping hydro build a line to Saskatchewan, whether it's solar panel rebates, whether it's electric vehicle charging stations, um, whether it's helping the trucking industry invest in greener diesel trucks, suddenly you're helping the environment and you're helping the economy. So for us, we're thinking, isn't this a conservative ideal? So we're happy that the Minister Rochelle Squires will be coming to take part in this event. Um, And she's going to be there. October 3rd is when the legislature is back in session and Bill 16 is being debated this fall. So it's just great timing to 
have some conversation before this is set in stone, so to speak. Yeah, this public info session is happening Wednesday at the Fairmont. I think tickets are $10, right? Give us the details. Right. So the website is sciencefirst.ca, and it's $10 to attend. You can show up and pay. It's October 3rd, 7 p.m. at the Fairmont Hotel, uh, or you can go to our website and you can register by email. Nathan, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. That is Nathan Zand from Science First. Again, the website, sciencefirst.ca. That's happening Wednesday at the Fairmont, if you have an interest in the carbon tax here in the province of Manitoba. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.